Welcome to the Billings PD Unfiltered Podcast, Episode 11. Today we're talking traffic enforcement and traffic stops. I'm Lieutenant Brandon Woolley, and with me today is Officer Bradman. Sir, Brad, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be back. So today we're going to talk uh, traffic enforcement and traffic stops. One of the um, uh, single biggest complaints we hear from citizens when we're talking to them is uh, the drivers in Billings, running red lights, the speeding, uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, traffic stops um, and what we're doing, and then some tips on uh, how to stay safe and the right things to do when you are pulled over by the police department. So uh, we'll get going, and uh, this one might be a little bit shorter than our other podcasts, uh, but lots of good info is going to be packed in here in this this short period of time. Uh, so back on to some of the traffic stops. So I'm going to start with a couple statistics here. Um, you know, one of the number one complaints that we see from citizens, and uh, I think the average person when they're driving around Billings, um, there is lots of traffic violations, people running stop signs, uh, maybe speeding, uh, but then there's this perception that nothing is being done about it. Where's a cop when you need one, right? Uh, and, and part of that is, is, so we've got cops distributed throughout the entire city. And they're out there, um, not only are they responding to calls for service, doing reactive policing, but then they, you know, have their portions where they're doing preactive policing, traffic enforcement. But what are the odds that one citizen is in the exact area where a traffic stop is occurring in any 24 period of time, 24 hour period of time? Um, So back in 2020, our stats, uh, our officers initiated on their own uh, 11,514 traffic stops in the year. And that's an average of 31 traffic stops every day uh, initiated by police officers throughout the city of Billings. Uh, in comparison, we logged 3,066 traffic complaints from citizens. So that's a citizen who called 911 uh, and reported uh, some type of traffic offense or traffic issue. And that's at the rate of about 8.4 times a day. So we have a little bit of a gap there with uh, some perception uh, of what we're doing and how things are doing, but uh, our officers are initiating traffic complaints at a rate of almost four times of what we receive citizen complaints for on a daily basis. Um, so the reason I got you here, Brad, you're kind of a subject matter expert. I mean, you're still in the patrol division uh, working with the DBA, but uh, why, my first question is, is why traffic stops? Like what, why would an officer pull somebody over? What is the whole spectrum of things that we do this for? There are a large majority of crimes. And we think of crimes, we always think of, of robbery, burglary, theft, but uh, violation of traffic code is also a crime lower misdemeanor level of crime but there are a lot of crimes that we avoided if officers commit or uh, make traffic stops so uh, if you're in an area you make a traffic stop for someone speeding every car that passes you sees your lights sees someone pulled over it's embarrassing people don't want to be put in that situation um, so we're doing general deterrence type work and what that does is uh, maybe that person for the rest of the drive home after witnessing a traffic stop won't speed the rest of the time. They're going to stop the stoplight. Um, they're going to be thinking about their driving behavior. Um, and so that's what we're hoping to target with that, um, being out in the public, being seen. Um, an officer on the side of the road looking for traffic violations is also being seen by the public driving past them. And so they're going to drive safer home. We know that. Um, another reason we make traffic stops is we need to enforce the violation that we see. So it's not just what we want to deter in the general population. Um, we also need to enforce violations being committed. And so 
that's the running the red light, speeding, the weaving in and out of traffic, cutting people off, that, that reckless driving you see on 6th, uh, headed towards North 27th Street in the morning. Um, we're making those traffic stops. It, it's preventing the driver from continuing that erratic behavior, that um, the speeding, um, whatever they're up to, um, to prevent further issues down the road because we know plenty of accidents have been caused. And when we arrive, the witnesses always say, uh, they witnessed erratic behavior right up until they rear-ended somebody, right up until they, they sideswiped a car or they ran off the road and <laughs> rolled their own vehicle in a one-vehicle accident. So we know, we know there are accidents to be prevented just by making traffic stops as well. Um, another reason we make traffic stops is it, that vehicle might be part of an investigation. We had 3,000 calls for driving behavior, which an individual, a citizen, attributed to being illegal. And so... Um, we're making traffic stops on investigations, whether that's a DUI complaint, um, erratic behavior. Um, we will get calls on people fighting in cars, and the description might be given as a, it's a red Toyota four-door car northbound on Main Street with two occupants. We see that car. Turns out maybe there's two of those cars on the road, the one that got pulled over and the one that got away. Uh, we still will make the stop to do the investigation, and as soon as we determine in that instance that that's not the right car, that car will be like, oh, if we determine that is the right car, that then starts an investigation beyond just a traffic stop. And so um, there are lots of reasons we want to make traffic stops. We have school zones, we have uh, neighborhoods. Um, and so we are, we're working on all those. And an officer gets, a patrol officer makes 50 to 100 stops a year. Yeah. And so another one of the reasons, you know, you you mentioned um, is other other crime, uh, you know, we get complaints from neighborhoods uh, where they either have like excessive traffic. That's one of those things where, um, you know, they might be in an area where people cut a traffic light to get to the neighborhood. Uh, but we also get uh, complaints where we might have drug activity or flop houses where there's other criminal activity occurring in an area at a very high rate. Uh, that officer presence and then the ability to use those traffic stops as enforcement for uh, larger crimes, drug trafficking, robberies, burglaries, uh, those types of things. So traffic stops are a great tool for the police department to uh, uh, improve the safety of the community and then also to uh, target and enforce and uh, the other bigger crimes because a lot of times crimes in transit, people with warrants have to drive from point A to point B. People with drugs or guns go from point A to point B, um, which also kind of leads us down the road of, you know, the, the dangers of of traffic stops you know it's one of the most common things that officers do on a routine basis uh, and a majority of the time the traffic stops go off without uh, without a hitch without any dangers but uh, sometimes when they do they the traffic stops go bad so can you kind of talk to uh, me just a little bit about like um, the safeties and the dangers that you as a police officer kind of take into consideration when you're when you're making a traffic stop so when we think of a traffic stop, everybody's seen the YouTube video, any YouTube video of officer makes a stop and within seconds the the car being pulled over, its door flies open, the driver gets out, brandishes a gun, and all of a sudden you have an exchange of gunfire. Um, while that is uncommon, that does run through an officer's mind. We do have training um, for that situation. Um, the, that, that's the dangerous level the, the, the most amount of danger we can anticipate on a traffic stop. Um, we have an officer here who made a route, we don't want to say routine, but as 
what he thought was be as normal a traffic stop as possible for speeding. Gets up to the car and the driver is covered in blood uh, and the car was stolen. And it turns out that the person had uh, committed a homicide. They had killed the owner of that vehicle. They had stolen that car and then they were pulled over for speeding. And so uh, as a very dangerous and a very high level investigation started by just a traffic stop for speeding. Um, so we never know what we're going to be finding. You pull it over and we find someone with their trafficking drugs. They they have illegal guns in the car. And so there's there's always that risk. While it's not common, um, it, even in our community, we, we have those. And so an officer's always prepared. Um, and when they're walking up to a car, they're always looking for those signs. That what is out of the normal for this? And because an officer makes up to 100 stops a year and some officers significantly more, um, we know what looks like out of the ordinary. We know what nervousness looks like. We know what anticipation of someone not having the driver's license and, and being worried about that, what it'll mean. We know what that looks like. Um, that also means we know what too nervous looks like. We know what out of the ordinary behavior looks like. It's, it's that training we've had. It's the high level of enforcement we've made. Um, it's no different than a bank teller dealing with 100 customers a day and the little old lady who's getting scammed over the phone comes in, that bank teller knows that something isn't right. They know this isn't a normal transaction um, because we get those calls. We get the bank teller calling us and telling us, hey, I think this person in the bank is getting scammed. Can you come talk to them because we don't want to give them this money? Uh, it, it's the same for every every profession has that uh, indication when something's wrong because they deal with this situation so often. Um, and that's no different for officers. So, and you bring up a really good, like, point to go in it's it's okay to be nervous um you know i've been pulled over as a police officer as a civilian you know uh and i get nervous too right it's just it's just one of those things that is just normal normal human behavior so it's okay to be nervous uh and don't feel pressured into you know having to do something i think that takes us to the next part of this conversation is is you know what should I do, or what should you do when you're pulled over um, to not only, you know, stay safe for yourself uh, and make the officer's job a little bit easier. Because um, one of the biggest things that we look for is is, is compliance. When we look at a dangerous situation, um, you know, one of the first indicators is, is a non-compliance um, and excessive nervousness. So Brad, walk me through some things that would be good for somebody if you get pulled over, some good you know, principles to, to, to go by. So when you're getting pulled over, it's, it's reasonable to expect that the officer has picked a safe place for you to pull over. Um, with that said, pull over quickly, as soon as possible, and to a safe place. So what we mean by that is don't stop in the middle of the road, pull over to the curb. Um, if you're right next to a parking lot, pull into the parking lot. Um, don't don't stop in the traffic. Don't try to stop in, in or on a median. Um, if it's in a very high traffic area, uh, like a bridge, try not to stop right against the guardrail. If it's five feet further to get to that curb past the bridge, think of the Dick Johnson Bridge, um, just get right past that to the, the curb so we can pull over so it's safe for everybody, yourself and the officer and traffic uh, moving past. Um, so that's the first consideration is, is the stop. Um, with that, we, we have people who decide they want to drive several blocks to pick a good spot to stop uh, that that would be excessive and that that's one of those signs that something might not be right here what what is taking two blocks for you to think through when we've and everybody knows through driver's test that you you're supposed to stop immediately um, the other consideration of stopping immediately is maybe we're not stopping you maybe we're an ambulance maybe we're going to 
someone having a heart attack and we need to get past you and it's a one lane road, uh, we need you to pull over so that we can get past you to go deal with whatever problem is ahead of you. Um, we, we always ask if an ambulance or fire truck's behind you, pull over right away. Well, if someone hears sirens, shouldn't matter what the sirens are, you should pull over to a safe place as quickly as possible. And so there's that consideration. Um, the next thing is, is rolling your window down. Um, as soon as you stop, roll your window down so that we can have that conversation we need to have about the traffic stop. Documents can be passed over. Um, the documents an officer is going to ask you for, your driver's license, your insurance, and your vehicle registration, all of which are required by law to be with you while driving. Um, and so we need the window down so we can have a conversation. An officer is going to tell you why they pulled you over, the so which is your reason for stop. They're going to tell you what they need from you, it's a driver's license, insurance, registration. Um, and then they're going to ask you to, to sit tight, to hang out, to, to wait for the officer to come back. And so while that's happening, while the officer is approaching your vehicle, we recommend that you put your hands on the steering wheel. Um, if you want to take it a step further, you can put your hands on the, the door frame where the window's been rolled down. Just shows us that you have nothing that we need to be concerned about on your person. And what that leads into is, this is Montana. Um, we have concealed carry opportunities. Everybody's got a gun in their car. This is hunting season. Uh, I've pulled over more than a few people on their way to the range to go target shoot. Um, so we fully expect that people in a vehicle in Montana and Billings have, have guns in their car. Um, whether you tell the officer by law now, that's up to you. Um, we would ask that it stays where it is. There's no reason to grab it. There's no reason to reach for it, to try to hide it even more. We're not typically just looking to take guns from people. Um, myself personally, I just tell individuals to leave the gun where it's at um, and then there won't be any problems or concerns with that gun. I know some officers, depending on the severity of what the stop is for, um, might request or require that that gun be secured um, for the entirety of the stop so that it's not a factor in play. The officer doesn't have to worry about it. The driver doesn't have to stress about what's going to happen with it and them. Um, and then the gun would be given back after the stop is made. Um, that's a consideration that gets made every time. Um, so we have that. And all that's pretty circumstantial because uh, the reason of the stop, if I'm pulling somebody over for reckless driving or somebody might be enraged or angered uh, and there's a firearm in the vehicle, I'm going to want to de-escalate that situation and calm it down beforehand. So it, it may vary, but I'm, I like you much, most of the time, whenever I dealt with somebody who said that they had a firearm in the vehicle, uh, as long as there was compliance, that it wasn't, wasn't an issue and didn't even become a factor. Um, so I think too that, you know, prioritize that safe place to stop. And then the next thing, knowing that you're going to have those documents, that officer should, you know, introduce themselves, uh, tell you who they are, the reason for the stop, just like you said. Um, but it's okay to not have all of your documents ready by the time the officer gets up to the car. And, and I think it's important to note too, that officers don't always come to the driver window. They may go to the passenger side um, for reasons of safety, roadway safety, uh, numbers of people in the vehicle. Uh, there might be you know, more than one officer that's in the patrol car. Uh, so don't expect them to always just come to the driver window. Um, and it's okay to look in your rear view mirror and, and see which side they're coming up on, that's fine. Um, but then, uh, you know, the, the next portion of that is, is, is your documents. And one of the things that we see common, especially in traffic stops where there's uh, drugs or drug trafficking or illegal weapons, is people trying to stuff those, hide them, uh, get them out of view, uh, nervous about them. There's a lot of digging around, a lot of commotions, and, and that's an indicator for some dangers for officers. So it's fine for you to wait until the officer comes up and be like, hey, 
it's way down deep in my purse or the glove compartment, you know, uh, you mind if I go and, you know, take a look into it now. Uh, one, that's a great way to help, you know, keep control of the situation for the both of you. And then just, you know, you're letting the officer know, like, this is, this is what we're doing. And that's completely normal on a traffic stop. Um, so those are all, those are all good pieces of advice. Um, are there, are there different things that you can do on a traffic stop between daytime and nighttime? Yes. So at night, considerations to be taken are the interior dome light um, and the warning flashing lights, the the hazard lights. Um, While the officer has all his lights on, uh, one consideration at night is uh, intoxicated drivers can be drawn to lights um, depending on the level of them. And so we know if you you having your lights on too can be of benefit to you. just so that everybody from a further distance away can see it so they can prepare ahead of time to get out of the way. Um, And that would come into play on the interstate as well with the highway patrol. Um, We want everything to be seen so that there's a good opportunity for people to move over. Um, The dome light is important because then the officer walking up uh, can see that you're in full compliance, you have nothing to hide, um, that that they're walking up and they can see inside, they can see there's no weapons, you have your hands on the steering wheel, um, and it just shows a level of compliance that this is going to be a, a good interaction. It's going to end quickly and it's going to end well um, for both people. Because as I can say, when someone treats a traffic stop with respect, I can walk up to a car and interact with an individual, obtain documents, or if they don't have them, then we deal with that. Um, go back to my car, do the very normal five, 10 minutes worth of work in the back, um, and then come back up, give them the documents. If it's a warning or a citation, issue those, explain those, and everybody's on their way. It, uh, a typical traffic stop lasts 10, 15 minutes, uh, maybe 20 minutes if the computer system is being slow. That's unfortunate, but it, it is a consideration we take. Um, and and so don't think that when an officer is behind, sitting in their car, working on the computer, that they're they're looking for things and, and you're worried about what they might find. Um, very typically what we have to do is if we issue a citation, we have to make sure that registration is valid. We have to make sure that the insurance is showing up on the state record system. Um, and that the driver's license is also valid. And so with all those things being valid, we just write a citation or warning for the, the actual violation of law. If the driver's license isn't valid, it's expired, we have to probably write a citation for expired driver's license. If the insurance is expired, we have to write a citation for that. And so those take more time. That's just more paperwork we have to write on to give you. And so it's not that we're looking for things to get you in trouble for in the back. Um, there's just certain things that a driver's required to have by law that we have to double check in the back as well. And I think another question some people might have is, is like, you know, what can officers give tickets for? What do they have discretion for? What do they give warnings for? And so my question to you would be is, is, is there, are, there are some things in policy by the police department that the officer does not have discretion for. They absolutely have to write a citation for regardless of the circumstances. And then we have areas where we have officer discretion uh, for citations and warnings. You want to speak to that just briefly? Yes, and so we actually train officers in this as well. And so um, if you do not have a valid driver's license, it's expired, suspended, or revoked, we, we have to issue citations for that. If you do not have vehicle registration, we have to issue a citation for that. And if your registration is expired or suspended on your vehicle, those are, those are all violations that require a citation. Um, speeding under 10 miles an hour, uh, running a red light, a stop sign, failing to yield, oncoming traffic, those are all areas where an officer can determine based on the severity of the offense if it citation is necessary or not. Are you driving nine miles an hour 
but you're with traffic and the officer picks your car out because it's the first in line or the last in line or the easiest to stop, very likely going to be receiving a warning. Uh, we still have an interaction and we're still correcting the bad behavior, the, the poor driving behavior, um, and then we're going on. Um, the other thing is if you blow through the stop sign, the guy that that's going 40 and a 25, they run the stop sign, they about hit somebody. Yes, that person's getting a citation. There, there, there's not a lot of gray area in the violation that occurred. Um, the, the, the common phrase of California stop, officer witnesses one of those, very likely that's gonna be a warning. We just need to address that behavior. Um, and that's one of those tools that officers have. And I think it goes a long ways. Um, I like to use the warnings, especially at, at times when like, somebody might be thinking that they're gonna get a ticket that the warning goes a long ways with the citizens and like, Hey, thank you. I was wrong. Not going to, not going to do it again. Um, but I want to speak to just for a moment because I think some people think that, um, you know, certain behaviors get them into tickets or get them out of tickets. And, and me personally, um, one of the ways, and, and they had talked about this at the Academy and our, my FTOs, is the integrity of who you're giving tickets to in a consistent and fair manner, what types of behaviors. And, and I think you hit on it best is it's the totality of circumstances of how egregious was it? Was there a safety component to it? Um, was there an, another risk? But um, I personally and everybody that I trained was would, would encourage them to um, once the once they see the violation and they made the decision to pull the car over, they should already be making the decision in their head of whether that's going to be a citation or a warning um, before they even approach the car. That way there's no knowledge of gender or race or anything that they've already made their decision. Uh, and then also there's times where, you know, you get up to the car and the driver is, is quite frankly being a jerk. But I've already made my decision that I was going to give them a warning, and and I tried real real hard throughout my career to stick to that to not just give somebody a ticket based off of their behavior. Um, and then there were times where we had somebody who was really really nice, and you know we're like, hey, that's in a violation that you know is suitable for a citation. They would still get a ticket as, as well. So I think it's important that people understand that officers are making those decisions prior to um, to, to to stay fair. And it's important that that happens. Piggybacking on the fairness here, um, can you talk about the camera systems and the recordings and what kind of stuff is shown on there, like the radar and all that, as far as documentation of this, the traffic stop? So one concern people always have is, was I pulled over for a legitimate reason or is this officer just fishing for something else? Um, here in Billings, and I can't speak to other communities because I don't work in other communities, um, we have a system of recording in our cars, the camera system, we have body cameras now, um, the, they record a minute before activation. And so if an officer activates his lights and his siren, the camera kicks on and it pre-records that minute prior. And so the violation is caught on camera. Um, and so the officer walking up already has that record of why the stop was made. So we're not we're not in the business of making illegal stops, of violating constitutional rights. We We have to be um, we have to be legitimate in making those stops um, because that's our credibility and we can actually get in a lot of trouble for uh, violating civil rights. And so just know when an officer in Billings is walking up to you and telling you of a traffic stop, it's, it's legitimate. Regardless of how the person feels about the stop, you know, everyone always says on six, everyone speeds on six. Well, it doesn't make it right. Um, and an officer can still stop you for speeding on six, even if everybody speeds on sixth Avenue North. And so 
there's that. Um, with that, we encourage if someone wants to record the stop themselves, please do. It's not a violation of anything. We we already have a record. If you want a record for yourself, just know that it, it's there as well. It just needs to go to court. Um, one thing that I know, speaking on um, making the decision of citation or not, I know some officers and myself included, we recommend tell the camera when you're walking up to the car if this is a citation or a warning so that people can see in the end, it was a warning when I said before I met the driver, this was a warning. Um, and that takes away a lot of those claims of uh, bias. Yep. Let's talk about um, a couple of things not to do. One of the, the one of the biggest red flags or indicators for an officer, and it's happened to me a handful of times, you pull somebody over, they get really angry. First thing they do is they fling their door open, they try to get out of their car, and they come back to the cop car. Talk to me about that. That is a major red flag. Like I said earlier with the YouTube videos, everyone's seen the video of the guy getting out and wanting to fight the officer, wanting to shoot at the officer. We've had, uh, there's a video going around now of a guy stopped on the side of the road. The officer pulls up with his lights and siren. The guy gets out and charges the officer and he gets tased. Um, that is an immediate risk, an immediate red flag to an officer. And um, we are doing a very routine thing, so we don't expect that. And an officer will have to defend themselves at that point. Um, so we recommend if your door or window doesn't work, when the officer walks up to your car, you can loudly tell them, my window doesn't work, I'm opening my door. The officer will say, okay, we will watch the door open and our interaction will go from there. It's just that consideration to give us. Um, it's not unusual for people to be angry when they get stopped. Um, just stay in your seat. The officer will come and address the situation. We can talk it out. And most of our officers, not all of our officers are very good at de-escalation and crisis management. And so if you're angry, we'll, 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 let's talk about it. We'll, we'll work through the violation and we'll, we'll talk about your perception of the situation. And, and usually things end up pretty well, but you have to give us that chance to get up to the car and resolve it with you. You know, and, and so we've talked about it before, but the whole time and distance thing for officers is a huge portion for de-escalation. And when somebody closes that ground, it reduces time, it reduces distance, and it reduces the options an officer has to, to de-escalate. Mm -hmm. um, and then another portion of it is, is, is trying to determine what the intent of that is in a very short span of time, depending on the distances, um, you know, uh, if you're a, a far distance away from the cop, and you don't have any weapons, you can't hurt that officer. But if you close the ground, that's what you have to do to be able to hurt the officer. So that's uh, just one of the important things I want to talk about here was just is, is to just stay in the stay in the vehicle until asked to get out. And now let's talk about there will be times or there may be times where an officer asks you to exit the vehicle. Can you talk about uh, one the legality of that, and then two maybe some of the reasons behind uh, an officer asking you to exit the vehicle? So the first and most common reason an officer is going to ask you to exit the vehicle is it with the highway patrol. They, not all, have a procedure where they have the person sit in the back seat of or in the seat next to them in the car when they issue this ticket. They talk to you, um, and they and they work on the situation. And so that's one reason is an officer may want you to sit in the vehicle with them while they run your name, check your driver's license, and issue that citation or warning. Um, the other reason could be a DUI investigation. We, we need to pull that person from the vehicle because we have concerns that they are not operating that vehicle safely and they're intoxicated. And so leaving them in that vehicle is an unsafe practice. We need to get them out because they are creating the danger by being in the car. Um, and so that's one reason. And so we have, uh, someone's got a warrant and then they need to be pulled out of the car to be arrested. We have to have them exit the vehicle. Um, 
it, if we have more than the traffic stop itself is tr typically when we have someone exit the vehicle so we can resolve the situation. Um, the last thing we want is someone to drive away, cause a, a pursuit, eluding, um, create a bigger hazard trying to get away, and um, it could have been resolved by having the person step out and sit on their back bumper while we, we check into what's going on. We interview if it's a domestic violence situation in the car, we want everybody out of the car. Um, the other thing is the car is an unknown. I don't know what's hidden in your car. I don't know what, what exists, knives, guns, weapons, drugs. Um, and so if it, something is indicating to us that there's, there's more going on here than just speeding, um, I don't want to leave that person sitting in the car. In my personal experience, I've had someone try to ingest a bunch of the drugs that they had hidden in their car so we couldn't find it. Now we have a medical emergency because they're going into an overdose. Um, and so if, if we pull them out, we can avoid a lot of that problem. And so we, the officers do have a legal justification to ask you to step out of the car if they've made that other level, that next level of articulation that there's, there's more to this than just someone speeding because they're late for work or school. Now let's say uh, every once in a while, um, doesn't happen regularly, but every once in a while we get reports of somebody pulling people over, uh, impersonating a police officer, or you know maybe having police lights in their car that's not well marked that gets in behind them and they pull over and then the car drives off uh it's it's happened here in billings every once in a while about once once or twice a year we get a report of that what is some advice that you would give anybody who uh for whatever reason suspects that who they're being pulled over by may not be real law enforcement i would take two steps first look in the rearview mirror or look behind you and identify what the car looks like. Um, we have detectives or um, other vehicles that might have lights and sirens in them. Say it's a supervisor that is issued a, a car that has lights, sirens, radio, computer, but it's not a marked vehicle. Um, look in and identify if it, it appears to have the right equipment on it, the right type of lights. Um, in Montana, blue flashing lights are illegal for anybody to have on their vehicle other than law enforcement. Um, you know, and at some of those reports, they're being pulled over by an amber light. And I know one report I've taken was a, a guy in a vehicle that was equipped for construction, had flashing lights and had some form of a siren in the vehicle. He didn't like a, a traffic violation he saw, so he went to pull someone over, which is illegal for him to do. Um, and the person was able to look and see that it was a construction truck. Uh, they obviously don't have to pull over for that. Um, they immediately called 911, pulled into a parking lot, kept the doors locked, and waited for an officer to respond. And so that was the correct steps for them to take. The other thing is if you pull over thinking it's an officer, um, watch them approach. You can look in your rear view mirror. If they don't have a badge, a gun, a vest, um, if they're wearing other type of work clothes, uh, I would get on the phone with 911. You can ask, I'm being pulled over at this intersection. Is this an officer? Um, the one thing to remember is we have more than the Billings Police Department working in Billings, Montana. Um, we have FBI, we have DEA, we have DCI, we have the Yellowstone County Sheriff's Office, Highway Patrol. Um, all of those are working and not all of them share the cars we have. And so um, calling dispatch and asking, is this a legitimate traffic stop? They can tell you, they should know if, if that's an officer or not. Um, I don't think it's happened here, but I know I've heard in other places, someone will outfit their car to look like a police car. They'll buy police equipment, fake equipment, um, so they look like an officer and they'll go and making traffic stops. If it doesn't feel right, during the interaction, call our dispatch because if it's not right, we can get an officer over there to resolve that because that's a crime being committed. That person cannot impersonate an officer because we don't know what steps they're gonna try to take. 
Um, so those are what I would say. And a, and a 911 call like that would would one usually garner pretty immediate response by the police department. Um, so, you know, while we encourage everybody to pull over as quickly in a safe spot, it's pretty clear most of the traffic stops in Billings are going to be with a, a with a Billings Police Department police car, uniformed officer. It's going to be pretty easy to tell. Uh, like you said, there are times when we have unmarked officers, plain clothes that do make traffic stops, usually due to an egregiousness of, uh, of an offense, um, usually, usually that. But those people who have those unmarked vehicles and that are in plain clothes, um, those officers already expect that there may be a question of whether or not they're not a legitimate law enforcement officer and they res- respect that. So if you take a little longer to pull over and you pull over at like a public place, and leave your windows up and call 911. You know, officers should be uh, notifying dispatch when they're making a traffic stop. So dispatch should already be aware that a traffic stop is occurring at that location. And as far as the response from the officer goes, if you're sitting in the car and you keep your window up and you're on the phone with 911 and you're like, I don't know that you're an officer, I'm just gonna stay right here. That plainclothes officer, should be respecting that and be like, okay, well, I'm going to hang out right here. You just stay in your vehicle. And when, when the uniform officer gets here, then we'll proceed with our business. Mm-hmm. It should not be an issue. And, and I would be concerned if that, that is occurring, um, where the officer is, is trying to get you to get out of the car or something and it's not appropriate. Right. Um, so, uh, so that's some advice there for, for maybe some of those questions. Um, the next question that might come up that we hear a lot and some of the claim, complaints we hear is you're sitting at an intersection, there's a cop next to you and you see somebody run a red light or you see somebody speeding by and the officer doesn't do anything. They don't make a traffic stop. They don't go to pull them over. What are some reasons for that? Well, the most glaring reason is that officers responding to something that's more significant than that. So, um, the other day, take for example, we had several robberies at casinos. Um, and for the record, we did catch an individual who committed two of those robberies the next day. So that's not a threat to the public. But we are responding to that. An officer may not be using his license sirens. Um, he has to drive, follow the rules of the road to get there. And so he's not going to stop a car that squeaks by through a red light or is going 45 Um, because it doesn't make sense to take time away from that robbery response, that domestic violence response, the um, someone having a heart attack. There's always that that serious incident where the officer can't pull away to make the traffic stop. Uh, We also can't tell you why. You'll just have to assume we are going to something, um, and we usually are. The other reason is it is not safe to make that traffic stop. If we think of King Avenue, it's, it's a, there's six lanes on King Avenue by 24th Street West. Um, if an officer is in the outside lane and he needs to do a U-turn across three lanes of traffic to stop a guy in the middle lane of the other of oncoming traffic, um, that's arguably 20 vehicles that he's got to get to see him and stop in a timely manner at an intersection that's not expecting him to go through to stop a car that might have just gotten through that intersection. Um, especially if that car, yes, ran the red light, but didn't obstruct traffic any further so if they didn't almost cause an accident but they did kind of run that that burnt orange as people say the burnt yellow light um it's not worth creating that risk to every other driver on the road to try to stop that person Um, and that's a calculus that i always have to take every single time they make a traffic stop is it is it worth pulling someone over on grand by making a u-turn in the middle of traffic without an intersection because grand doesn't have a turn lane um and it, it takes time to get officers to be seen in their car um and one, that car could be 
quite a ways down the road. So now on, on top of having to make a safe U-turn in the middle of traffic during lunch, the officer's got to catch up to that car going 80 to get to that person going 45. Um, that, there's a lot of risk involved in something like that. And so we have to weigh that with the public safety. We don't want our actions to try to enforce something be more egregious than the behavior of itself. One of the things uh, also too is we get every once in a while is a complaint that an officer is violating uh, a law, whether they run a red light, uh, stop sign, speeding somewhere. We get those complaints every once in a while. And, and the advice that I have to listeners for that is, is if you can get a, a num there's always a number on those marked cars. If you can get a number for that in the time of day uh, and get that reported sooner than later, uh, within the same day for sure. Um, oftentimes we get those complaints and they might be like a week old. Um, we have the ability to, uh, those cameras are like are recording all the time and they keep a, they keep a, a, a backlog of stuff. And so if we have the car number, that allows our Office of Professional Standards to be able to investigate that, use the car number, go back and look and see what type of behavior it was. Because if, if we've got guys who um, aren't driving appropriately, uh, we want to know about that because it's a, it's a, that's a standard and it does happen from time to time. Um, but regarding some other traffic stuff, that would be the advice that I would give anybody is if you see an officer making a violation inadvertently uh, to, to get a car number and report it to us so we can, we can deal with and address it because if the report's not made, then we don't we don't know that it's occurring. Um, let's say you live in a neighborhood or an area, or you drive through an area routinely, and you see lots of traffic offenses. What should you do? So we have an online reporting tool on the City of Billings website. Um, my recommendation is to go to that website and make a complaint on there, because what we have is we have two new speed trailers and we've probably seen them around if you've been on airport road or aronson or certain places on the west end and so they show oncoming traffic what their speed is and they, if you're above the speed limit they flash red and blue lights and it, it's pretty apparent and so we can get those speed trailers assigned out to different neighborhoods or areas that we know have problems and that's that's the purpose of those is to put them out be present um and be out there and so people seeing those if, if you see them it's that general deterrence i talked about at the beginning it, it lets people know they're going too fast it may not pay attention maybe they're doing it on purpose but either way it's being seen um, and then from there people can make complaints because they see i just saw a car this make model description come past me and past this sign going 45 and a 35 dispatch now knows it and if officers in the area and free they can now address that as well that speeding and potentially reckless or driving careless driving and we have our step program which is the selective traffic enforcement program who's who receives those complaints of those areas and not only uses tools like the speed trailer but then they will target enforcement of that area uh, and run traffic heavily in that area for a little while um, lots of areas of the city so they're always somewhere um, but you can you can make the complaint to get get them on the radar so we can we can get some officers over in that area Brad real quick before we finish what else are we missing on traffic stops anything that we want to want to share before we've talked about quite a bit and we've talked about the reason why we stop how to how to stay safe for the officer as well as uh those being pulled over and then uh some of the other things around it what do you uh think we're missing here you know i think we've we've covered most of our safety considerations um i can't think of anything off the top of my head okay all right well we'll uh we'll end here that way we don't ramble so uh thanks for listening and until next time